Welcome to Zen for Everyday Life by Matt Valentine, episode number six. Welcome everyone to another episode of Zen for Everyday Life. I am Matt Valentine. And uh, this is brought to you by my blog, uh, buddhaimonia.com. You guys can check out buddhaimonia.com if you want to get uh, any additional podcast episodes uh, or also check out the blog and the other various resources that I have there. Uh, There's a lot of great free stuff there that you guys can check out. So today we're going to talk about how to make mindfulness a way of life and This is a really important topic to me because, and I'm going to go into this in a little bit more detail in a bit, but it's just something that I don't think that people talk about enough. Uh, There just really isn't enough information out there, and I'll explain really what I mean by that in a bit. Uh, Before we get into things, though, I wanted to, to start taking a moment at the beginning of each episode. I thought it'd be fitting that we would just take a moment to become present. So I'd like to invite you just for a few moments to become fully present to whatever you're doing now. And you may be doing more than just listening to my voice. You may also be driving or cleaning or walking or doing something else. Uh, I know sometimes I'll listen to podcasts while driving. Uh, That's a favorite of mine as well as audiobooks. So... Uh, Whatever it is that you're doing, I want you to just become fully present. Even if you're driving while listening, uh, you can still very much become much more present to your situation, whatever it is that you're doing. So I, I want you to just take a moment and just become fully present to your breath or to your hands on the wheel or to my voice, if that's all that you're focusing on at the moment. Whatever it is that's around you, I want you to just, just become, just decide in your mind that you are now more fully present in this moment. And what that really allows us to do is to, even if we continue to drive, or even if we continue to walk, it allows us to sort of stop our minds in a way for a moment and just change the situation to living mindlessly to living more intentionally, which is really, that's what living mindfully is about to some degree living intentionally instead of living in a way that we're pushed and pulled by our habitual patterns. And that's something that I'll talk about today. That's a really important topic uh, with regards to making mindfulness a way of life. So now that we've taken a moment to become more present to the now, to this moment that we're in, we can better appreciate this space and this time that, that I have to talk to you uh, and that you have to listen to, to just a moment, uh, that maybe could be helpful or useful for you. So I hope you enjoy this episode. There's a lot of really great information for anyone looking to make mindfulness a way of life. Uh, In other words, to make mindfulness a daily habit. Uh, That's really what I'm talking about here. 
And uh, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to take a moment to uh, mention to you guys uh, audible.com. You guys can check out audibletrial.com slash zen for everyday life. And uh, you guys can get a pretty cool deal where you get a, a 30 day free trial along with a one free ebook uh, of your choice. And uh, it doesn't cost you anything. Uh, you just have to put your credit card down and you get the free trial and the free ebook as well. And you can keep those, uh, the free ebook, even if you don't keep the uh, the trial. And a lot of my favorite books of all time uh, are on audible.com. Uh, again, that's audibletrial.com slash Zen for Everyday Life. So check that out and uh, pick up, uh, if you're new to mindfulness especially, The Miracle of Mindfulness or Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. Uh, by Shunryu Suzuki. Those are some of my my top suggestions. So let's get to it. All right, today we're talking about how to make mindfulness a way of life. And I'm going to cover the two things people don't tell you, as well as the sort of general idea behind what we're doing when we're making mindfulness a way of life, the reason why, the reasons why you would want to do that in the first place. And then I'm going to cover really the seven major key points uh, to some degree, you could even maybe call these steps. Um, I haven't really sort of finalized uh, the sort of process that I feel is most most effective to making mindfulness a way of life, but I have intentionally experimented quite a bit with uh, searching and finding out what are the most effective methods to doing that. Because really when we're talking about effective day-to-day practices, to improve your well-being, making mindfulness a way of life, or really really when it comes down to it, what we're really talking about is to just live a more mindful life to some degree. And what you're going to learn is if you live your life 5% more mindfully, it's going to have a monumental change on the quality of your life. And, and I'm going to get into this in a little bit, but 5% is incredibly difficult even just 5%. So know that when I say how to make mindfulness or making mindfulness a way of life, don't think that I'm talking to you about, okay, this is how we're going to work towards being mindful 24-7. That is a more difficult effort than I could ever describe. It It is absolutely the most difficult thing that I have ever attempted in my life. Absolutely, by far. But I also have to tell you that it's not necessary to experience a significant significant benefits from practicing mindfulness. Again, if you live your life 5% more mindfully, you're going to see a significant difference. A huge different in, difference in all in so many different aspects of your life. So really all you need to do is just make your best effort and you only need to live a little bit more mindfully for there to be a really significant change. I want to make sure to emphasize that here. Uh, that's so important. People don't really talk about that all that often. Um, I guess that's a third thing. I'm, I'm about to tell, tell you about the two things people don't tell you. I guess that's sort of a third thing uh, is that it's not really about living 24-7 uh, in mindfulness. Or maybe that's your your goal. Uh, but to actually get there, uh, that's not really necessary. That's really not needed to to experience an incredible change in your life uh, through mindfulness practice. So... First off, the two things people don't tell you, 
it was really important to me to start off with this because these are things that I feel are incredibly important. They're not just things that people don't tell you really, or that you don't information that isn't really spoken about all that often. Uh, you'll find it some some places depending on the book that you read or the source that you that you um, the wherever you absorb the information with regards to beginning mindfulness practice. Uh, but for the most part, uh, most people don't really talk about either of these things, uh, let alone one or one of these things, let alone both. So the first is how to do it. In other words, how to make mindfulness a way of life. It's talked about as something that's important as the overall goal in mindfulness practice. You know, it's not just sitting in meditation for a certain number uh, of days or sitting in meditation for a certain number um, uh, of minutes in a day or a certain amount of time, sessions in a day. Uh, it's about also what you do whenever you get off the cushion, so to speak. Uh, you know, going to work, walking, driving, cleaning, spending time with loved ones, interacting with strangers, whatever it is that you do, making the your best effort to live mindfully or more mindfully in every moment, to act with mindfulness as often as you can. Again, making your, your best effort. So how to do it is, you know, why, why don't people talk about it? I don't, I don't really know exactly why people don't really get down into the specifics. I think a lot of people you know, there's mindfulness is really taking off uh, as a secular practice in the West. And there's a lot of people that talk about it that don't really have enough information. And I can say from experience, which is the second point that I'm about to talk about, uh, it's incredibly difficult to do. And so I think a lot of people talk about it either just from the perspective of, ha of having a regular sitting practice. Um, and they kind of make an effort to be mindful in their daily lives. You know, maybe they talk about it, but they don't really do it. Okay, so they can't really give advice as to, to how to really do that, or they don't really know how to effectively do it. Or they just regurgitate the same sort of general information that they read elsewhere in books or online. Uh, so that's my first sort of hint. But regardless of why that is, I want you to know that the major point of this episode today is to really get down to the details on that, how to do it. And I'm going to cover the most effective, the key points that I've found from all my different, from all my, my practicing and experimenting. And I've really found a lot of effective uh, strategies. And the cool thing is a lot of these strategies, they, they work together as one, number one. And number two, they don't involve you doing something crazy outside of your schedule. They usually just involve like a slight change, just some sort of small shift. So and not in a change, the, not a change in the way that you live your life, but a small shift in what you do, you know, in, in a given moment. And so it really doesn't involve, uh, it's a difficult process. It's a difficult thing to do, but as far as executing these strategies, most of them are really pretty simple and, and easy to, to do. Uh, but number one, the second thing people don't tell you is that making mindfulness a way of life is incredibly difficult. And I want to lead on with that uh, before we get into everything else, because I want you to know that this isn't as amazing as it is, as incredible as it is to live your life uh, more mindfully, to set out to make the effort to live your life with mindfulness, that it is as difficult of, as any other effort that you'll do in your life. It absolutely is. So what am I saying? 
first you really have to be have to be serious about it and it's okay if you know at the beginning you don't necessarily feel that you are but you see the that you see the benefit uh and that you know you want to continue uh even though you're not quite sure yet how difficult it'll be and that's okay because at the beginning uh you really need to develop confidence and motivation in yourself and in your practice uh, so it's okay if you don't feel like you're you're quite there yet, but that you still do want to practice, that you want to, you know, whatever whatever that might be, make your best effort. But yeah, it's it is incredibly difficult. And why is it difficult? I don't want to just say that and have you not have any sort of general idea. Uh, I think the main reason why it's difficult is because of the the life, the the typical you know daily life that we all live, where we have a job, and we have our loved ones. And we have certain additional responsibilities outside of that. Uh, whether major or minor, there are still things that occupy our minds at different points. And so our minds become so busy that that this is the primary thing right here uh, that I'm about to mention is it becomes very easy to forget. And of course, mindfulness is being present, but it is also bringing yourself back to the now, bringing yourself back to presence. Mindfulness is uh, the opposite of forgetfulness. To be mindful is to not be forgetful. And so when we're talking about having a busy mind and forgetting things, uh, that is in direct opposition to living a more mindful life. Because when you forget to be mindful, well, there's nothing you can, there's nothing mindfulness can do to help that because you're not being mindful because you totally forgot to do it in the first place. So the the typical sort of life that we all live uh, is, for the most part, in a lot of ways at least, in opposition to living with mindfulness. And that's not to say that we can't have a beautifully effective uh, and nourishing daily mindfulness practice, which uh, really seamlessly integrates with our daily lives. We absolutely can have that. But you need to be mindful of the fact that certain things in your life are not really conducive to living fully present in this moment. And that certain things that may very well be required, such as planning for the future at certain points, and uh, reflecting on how something went in the past so that you can change things and, and do better moving forward, might also be very important from time to time. And so living 24-7 in mindfulness isn't necessarily the effort either, but living uh, in every moment that you can mindfully uh, would more so be the effort. So so yeah, how to do is what we're talking about today. That's the first thing people don't tell you and that it's incredibly difficult is number two. Uh, but I want you to know that within these seven key points that I'm going to talk about, they all completely understand that they're, they're designed in a way that I was completely aware of this difficulty because I was facing it. That these, these key points are designed were designed as I was going through my life with my my job at the time, uh, where I worked at the family business, and uh, I had my first, my son was coming, my first son was coming, and then after my, my first son was there, then my second son was coming, so various different responsibilities at different times in my life, but I always had various different things, different challenges that I was going through. So these key points are designed with that in mind. Okay, so it's not sort of like, well, there's this difficulty, and then I have to try to execute these key points on top of that. No, these key points are really here in order to help you better manage those typical difficulties that we all face. 
that is to say that if you were a monk that was living in a monastery, you wouldn't necessarily need to execute every one of these. Although it might still be very much effective, I suppose, uh, to do every single one of these. Although maybe a few of these things wouldn't quite be as important, or they would be sort of a given. So, uh, before we get into these the, the key points, I want to make sure that we're really clear on what what I'm talking about when I say making mindfulness a way of life. I like referring it to making mindfulness a way of life more than anything else. But at the same time, that's not a very good descriptor of the actual effort that's being made. Uh, in my book, uh, which is titled after the, the, the podcast is titled after Zen for Everyday Life, uh, I make sure to give two different definitions for mindfulness. And I'm not going to get into that right now. Uh, but the point was that there's a definition that describes mindfulness uh, as accurately as possible. And then there's a definition that gives you the mental picture of what practice actually looks like better than anything else. And so I gave those two definitions because I wanted people to have as accurate as a definition as I could create, as well as to give people as accurate of a picture of what it's supposed to look like when they're practicing. Because it can be difficult at the beginning to know, am I actually being mindful right now? Am I practicing mindfulness or not? Uh, that's something that I, I kind of struggled with at the beginning. Like, I wasn't even sure if I was actually being mindful at the moment. I was just sort of making an effort. So in that same way, how to make mindfulness a way of life is really the effort, or it is really what we're doing on a larger scale. But the actual individual effort is we're really making mindfulness a daily habit. Okay, so there are really those two different ways to describe the effort here as well, just like in the way that I described or defined mindfulness. So we're making mindfulness into a daily habit. When it really comes down to it, as far as the individual effort, that's what we're doing here. We're making mindfulness into a daily habit. You're ultimately making your best effort to make it your you know, sort of default state of being in each moment. Uh, that would be, you know, versus versus mindlessness. Mind, mindfulness being your default state versus various degrees of mindlessness. Now, because you're making mindfulness into a daily habit, and I like to make sure to explain uh, the individual effort of making mindfulness a way of life as making it into a daily habit, because uh, it's very important to understand that what we're doing here as we're uh, the big difficulty as we're doing this is that we're crashing head on into old bad habits. Okay. Uh, and this could be something as simple as holding our problems in our mind and just sort of looping them endlessly as we you know, fruitlessly try to solve, solve them, uh, just attempting to solve the issue. So we just sort of keep them in our mind cycling through and through, uh, sort of in a panic state. That's, that's, a very simple habit that we all do and a very difficult one to detect. And then there's also more outward ones, uh, physical ones, which are also tied to our mental state, which could be uh, rushing around physically. You know, you power walk everywhere unintentionally, just simply because your mind is in a state of, of panic or anxiety or stress and physically you're rushing around everywhere. So you're crashing into certain old bad habits, uh, because what you're trying to do is establish a new healthy daily habit, which encompasses your entire life. So there's various different old habits that you're going to run into. 
I want to make sure that we're very clear on that, that you understand that. Uh, and because we're talking about a habit that really encompasses your entire life, uh, an all-around effort is necessary. One which has really has multiple points working together to create a strong sort of system, a system for implementing mindfulness into your daily, daily life. And that's the seven, the seven key points that I'm going to cover today. And uh, for those of you that have uh, read the blog uh, pretty often, you know that I've I talked about something called the path of least resistance. Uh, and the general idea behind that is to just make whatever it is that you're trying to do, whatever new habit you're trying to execute, uh, as easy as possible to do. So you remove the thing, the resistance that's getting in the way. Uh, for instance, if you're trying to sit in meditation, you put your cushion down, uh, you know, on the room that you walk into when you first walk into your home. And if there's a TV in that room, you make sure that the controller is put into like a random drawer in the kitchen or something so that you have to get up and walk over to that drawer to pull it out of the kitchen. So when you go and you look at your TV or you look at your meditation cushion, you're like, well, I have to walk over to the other room to grab the controller, or I could just sit down on my cushion. And simple things like that will remove the resistance attached to sitting in meditation and increase the resistance attached to following along with that bad habit. That's the general idea. Um, Some of that does come into play with making mindfulness a way of life. Um, that's more, definitely a lot more important in making sitting meditation a daily habit. Um, I'll link to a blog post, two different blog posts that I've talked about it on, on the show notes as well, though, too. Um, but, uh, it does still play somewhat of a part here, just so that you understand. And really the idea is to just create a environment in your life that's conducive to mindfulness. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to slow down. You know, mindfulness, there's this misconception that you have to, to live, that like you have to, to do something slowly to do in mindfulness. And that's not true. Uh, but that does mean that you have to attempt to live your life in a way to where you don't bog your mind down constantly with things. And there's a few things that we'll talk about that you can do to help uh, alleviate that. Okay. So a general idea, we're making mindfulness a way of a daily habit, and we're going to run crash, we're going to crash head on into old habits. And so an all around effort is necessary. So that brings us to uh, the seven key points. Okay, so I'm going to cover seven key points uh, to living a more mindful life that again, I have found from my own practice, and a lot of experimenting, and I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have uh, one or two sort of bonus points that I'm going to mention, sort of optional points um, that I have been using pretty effectively that uh, you could experiment with yourself as well. Okay, so the seven key points to making mindfulness a way of life. And uh, for a quick second before we get into these points, uh, I want to make sure to remind you to make sure that you keep it at the top of your mind that the effort that you're making here is to become more awake to your life as a whole. The idea is that you're trying to live more intentionally, more awake. The, the word awake, it's, it, to me, it's the, the word that uh, has the strongest connotation to me, that I feel sort of describes the state uh, most vividly to me. That's important to, to be aware of, to be mindful of as we move into these key points. Okay, so the general effort is you're trying to live your life in a way to where you're more awake in each moment. And don't forget how simple mindfulness practice really is. 
in this very moment right now. You know, maybe maybe you lost your, your attention for a moment. That happens to the, to the best of us. Maybe you lost your attention for a moment. In this very moment, you can decide just like that. I am awake. I am here in this very moment. And no matter what, you know, various different key points and steps and strategies and stuff we talk about, ultimately it all comes down to that simple effort of just remembering to be awake to this moment. This moment is all there ever is. Tomorrow, the next day, next week after that, 10 years from now, that moment will be the same moment. And that decision that you can or can or may not make is that same decision to just be, to decide to be awake in this moment or not. Okay? So I want to make sure to emphasize that before we get into these key points. So key point number one, this is really the foundation of everything else. And uh, I'm not going to go too into detail here because it's sort of basic uh, 101 sort of a given, uh, but it's so important. So number one, sit in meditation, uh, but specifically sit in meditation two to three times a day. Now, sitting in meditation, again, that kind of goes without saying, sitting meditation practice really helps to support your practice of mindful living, okay? And the reason for that is you'll notice that um, if you test out one and the other, I've tested out one and the other, and both, you know, the different combinations, whenever you sit in meditation, especially sometimes like in the morning or the afternoon, particularly, uh, the morning being the most beneficial time. When you sit in the morning, it that then sitting session does something to you the rest of the day. It helps remind you. It helps you be more mindful throughout the rest of your day. It really has a sort of trickle effect throughout the rest of your day. And so that's the main reason why I put it here, put it as number one, and why I see that it's the foundation. Not just because it's the foundation of meditation practice in general, but also because it's the foundation of making mindfulness a way of life. It really is. It really trickles down to the rest of your life. And again, I said two to three times, if you do this in the morning and the afternoon, then it has an even more significant effect on helping remind you uh, to be awake throughout your life. So in the morning, you wake up, sit in your session, however long that is, helps you be mindful throughout the day. Eventually it's going to wear off. It still helps throughout the day though, uh, even if you sit once. And then you sit again in the afternoon. And now that practice is fresh in your mind and you have that to go off for the rest of your day as well. Uh, if you'd like to sit down a few minutes before bed, uh, which I do as well, morning, afternoon, and night, uh, that's also highly beneficial. Uh, but when we're talking specifically about making mindfulness a way of life, the most beneficial times are in the morning and the afternoon. So if that's the major effort then and you're only going to meditate two times, then I'd suggest the morning and the afternoon. Uh, those will be the most beneficial for you. Again, even if it's a couple minutes, the most important thing is that you're making that effort to sit. Uh, and then if you do make the effort to sit for longer periods, that's also helpful too. But the most important effort is simply to sit. Okay. So number two, pick simple activities. Now you might be either encouraged to, maybe you, you know, read an article and you sort of uh, encouraged to do some sort of interesting mindfulness practice or something that you haven't tried before. Uh, maybe it's your first time and, and that's what you're going to start with. Um, or you just want to get uh, ambitious and just try a bunch of different things at once. Um, 
One of my biggest suggestions is to pick simple activities and to just pick a couple simple activities. So just really make it simple. And remember that the most important effort is to make it a daily habit. Do not try to do not try to be Geronimo. Do not try to just jump into things and, you know, go all out and just think that you're going to accomplish things faster or better than somebody else. Uh, when it comes to mindfulness practice and meditation practice, it just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't matter who you are. You can't sit down and, you know, if, if you're you know, a perfectionist or whatever it is, whatever that might be, I totally identify, identify with, uh, with that, by the way. Um, and I can, uh, I can say firsthand, it doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's how I approached, uh, my meditation, my mindfulness practice first. Uh, it just takes time. It just takes time. So just pick a couple simple activities. It's totally okay that the other things that you do in your daily life, you just make no effort to do mindfully at all. Totally okay. Don't worry about it. Pick, um, for instance, walking to take the trash out or to get the mail or to and from different places. And when I say a couple different activities, I mean literally just pick those three things. Walking to the trash, getting the mail, and to and from uh, your car, for instance. And just stick with that for a week. Just stick with that for a week and make that your major, your the three major practices. Um, you could just pick walking in general. Uh, we do a lot of walking each day, and so you might find that a little bit difficult at first. You might want to simplify it a little bit more. Uh, but do not feel like, you know, things are starting off slow, like I have to add something more or, or like I really should be able to do more than this or I can do more than this. Uh, don't forget the most important effort. The most important effort and where your focus should be placed is in making it a daily habit. That's where your focus should be placed, not in not in being mindful more often, okay? Because that will come, but you're, you're trying to make it a daily habit. And that's really what will allow you to spread mindfulness throughout more of your, of your daily life, okay? Uh, you could go home as well. Uh, this week, the podcast is expanding into a second a segment. Uh, it's actually just a separate, it's not a second episode, uh, in the same for it's a different format where it's just going to be me doing a particular guided meditation each week. And so this week I'm starting off with one of the most classic practices, um, which is uh, called going home, uh, Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh named it going home. And it's a very simple practice that just involves you essentially stopping at any point in your day and breathing mindfully and just going home to yourself becoming present very much in the same way that we started off with in the beginning and usually taking a minute, minute and a half, two minutes. And, uh, just doing that, you can set a, set a reminder of various different ways to do it. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to do a, uh, the first, this is, this will be the first week where I do that second segment. It's going to be, uh, just a short, uh, it'll probably be seven or eight minutes, uh, second segment on going home, but that's also another practice that you can do as well. That is one of the most beneficial ones that you could start off with, honestly, as far as picking a couple of simple activities, because that's something you can do. You can set a reminder to do it every one or two hours throughout the day. And so just in the same way, the sitting meditation reminds you to be mindful throughout the rest of your day. When you go home to yourself on a regular basis, even if it's for 30 seconds, that practice reminds you to be mindful uh, throughout the rest of your day. So very beneficial. Just pick a couple of things again, uh, stopping, breathing mindfully, uh, walking various different places. Uh, and then you could also pick an act alternatively, you could pick an activity that you just do every day, uh, preferably multiple times a day, like driving, 
you could just make driving one of your one or two major focuses for a week or two. And that's also, that would be highly effective too. Now, number three, set up reminders. And uh, I put as a little sub point here, use symbols. Uh, that's directly connected with what I put set up reminders. Um, in my book, The Little Book of Mindfulness, uh, which is a book that I wrote uh, specifically for the blog. I've given away for free for quite a while now. Uh, it's a pretty big book, and it's all about... Uh, it, it's an A to Z introduction to mindfulness meditation. And I've got this particular point in there because it was one of the things that really helped me most of all in the beginning of my practice. Uh, setting up reminders. You know, when we, we were talking a little bit of, ago about mindfulness the direct opposition of mindfulness being forgetfulness. And so how can you help that? How can you help yourself be more mindful when you have so many things running through your mind and you actually just forget the practice altogether? You're not, you're not telling yourself you don't want to practice. You just don't even remember to practice in the first place. And that's how it was for me at the beginning. How do you, how do you work through that? How do you get through that? Well, you set up reminders. There's various different ways that you can do that. Uh, the first and most effective way that you can do that is by setting a phone reminder. And this works in tandem with the practice of going home, which we just mentioned under uh, point number two, under picking simple activities. So uh, there's a lot of synergy with the practice of going home and just stopping and, and breathing mindfully and setting up reminders on your phone. Super effective. Uh, there are certain meditation apps that you can use, like... Uh, Headspace, I think, I believe you can, I'll have to double check, but I believe you can do this with Headspace where you can set up a reminder, just certain reminders to meditate or to be mindful. And that's super effective as well. That's the same sort of idea. It's reminding you to practice. Uh, what you can do as well, as far as reminders, you can go with certain uh, physical things. You can go with uh, like a poster on your wall. If it's your, your, your restroom, you wake up in the morning, you walk into your restroom first thing and you see this, this poster, you know, you can decorate it. You can print out a picture and get it laminated, whatever you want to do. You can go fancy or just make it simple, but it's something that is in a prominent place in your home that you see at least once, if not two or three times a day. You can also, I've talked about using, I, I wear this Lotus symbol necklace. It's a, it's a Lotus symbol on this little, uh, gold circle. Uh, I don't know what it's, it's made out of. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, just a real simple, simple pendant, but it I've always used it to remind me of my practice. So anytime I've, I have my attention drawn to it, I remember just to take a second to be mindful and it's not perfect after a while you get used to wearing it and sometimes you don't, but it always serves as a, if nothing else, inconsistent reminder, another reminder to be mindful. I put it on in the morning, I take it off at night. Uh, it serves as a reminder to the importance in my dedication to my practice. And it reminds me to be mindful in itself. So you can use that. You can wear a simple wristband with, you know, just the, the wristband itself or with a little red piece of tape taped to it or something. Uh, you could have a wristband where you can write something on it or get something inscribed or there's all kinds of different things that you can do. The most important thing that I want to, to mention here though, um, 
that goes along with this is you need to make sure if you use these sort of these sort of symbols as reminders that you make sure you take them seriously that you don't start acting like they're just something that's there you oh you make sure to respect your mindfulness of them if you notice that they're there stop and be mindful for a moment and really take that that moment even if it's 5 seconds to be mindful okay and respect the the symbol itself again not just start acting like it's just whatever if you start doing that you make a habit of that and then it just becomes something that's just there it's just meaningless it doesn't remind you to be mindful it's just something that you're wearing or that you see uh, that you pass by every once in a while uh, and you can always just reaffirm your practice of being mindful of what that thing is um, but if you make it a habit to just look on it as whatever uh, and that's that's pretty easy to do then it's just meaningless at that point so be careful about that with symbols uh, that can happen with them so just just be aware of that uh, but they can serve as really effective reminders and lastly if you work quite a bit on a computer in any given day uh, there are certain extensions and things especially if you uh, I prefer the uh, Google Chrome browser um, not only does it have, have the cool extensions that I'm about to mention but it just makes it easier for me to work personally on on uh, my Brimonia stuff my website stuff and so these extensions there's two particular ones that I wanted to mention again if you work a lot on a computer uh, these are super helpful number one um, and I'm going to include both of these in the show notes. Uh, I, d- I don't remember the name of the first extension, but it is a replacement to the typical open tab screen. So if you're on Chrome, for instance, you might see your most often visited pages, uh, or maybe you have it set to see your, your different apps. Um, but what this extension does is it replaces that page with a beautiful high-res photo of something in nature or somewhere or something uh the pictures are always stunning they always can be sort of an object of of mindfulness in itself uh but it has the time really big and then it has a line below it and there's really almost nothing else on the page so there's it doesn't have there aren't any room for distractions is what i'm saying now below the time you can write anything you can write something simple you can just put be mindful you could just say, remember to be mindful. If you want to use that as a sort of sort of uh, focus, what I like to do is <clears throat> I like to take it a step further. I put be mindful, dash, and then I put the, the three major things that I intended to get done that day. And why that I found that to be more effective is that I do a lot of stuff online and it can become very easy. It can be very easy to become distracted. And so not only do I have that reminder to be mindful but i also have right there the major efforts that i'm making for that day and so it reminds me it focuses me and when you are focused in that way when i when i read and i say oh yes that those are the major efforts i'm making today i become present i stop i stop being lost my mind stops spinning and i become present so not just mentioning being mindful, but also putting down, for example, the top three efforts that you were going to make that day really helps for you to stay present, to stay mindful as you work on your computer. Uh, and if you do that, you know how easy it is to become distracted. So number two, the second extension 
which is just called the Mindfulness Bell app. And it was designed by, I don't know who, but it was uh, in the spirit of, of uh, Thich Nhat Hanh's teachings, Zen Master Thich Nhat Hanh's teachings. And it is a simple app where you set the amount of time, how often the bell goes off. Let's say I have it set for every 30 minutes. And when that bell goes off, it's a beautiful bell that they use in, in the Thich Nhat Hanh's Plum Villa tradition, typical you know, Buddhist uh, bell. It's a little, uh, they're called singing bowls. They're little bowls. They, they hit the bowl and it makes a beautiful sound. And there is a high tone and then there's three deep tone hits of the bell. And during that time, that span of time lasts, I think somewhere around maybe 20 or so seconds, uh, you just stop and you go home to your breath. You just be mindful of your in-breath and your out-breath. You just be fully present for that time. Again, it's simple. It's, it's, it's somewhere around 20 seconds or so. And you can set it for every hour or two. You don't have to set it for every 30 minutes like I do. Uh, I have it set a little bit intensely. But uh, you could set it for however, however often you want. And it works as an incredible reminder to just go home to yourself throughout the day. So that is a really effective reminder. Highly suggest if you work on a computer a lot to check those out, to try them out. They're very effective. Number four, schedule little moments of mindfulness. And I probably should have put this as number three because it really goes along with number two really well. Uh, But don't just pick simple activities to do and just focus on those activities. But also, aside from your sitting meditation practice, which is included here under scheduled moments of mindfulness, it's really... Uh, it's really a part of that. Uh, schedule something else. Maybe if it, maybe it's just one other activity in the day that you do, but you actually schedule it. It's not just, okay, I'm going to be mindful when I do this. This is actually one additional activity that you schedule. And if you sit in meditation three times a day or two or three times a day, you don't have to do this if you don't want to, but this is just going to be more effective. And my suggestion for this would be to do something like walking meditation. You can schedule a time that for even inside your home, you don't even have to walk outside if you don't want to, although that can be even better, especially if you're somewhere in and around nature. Uh, But just to schedule maybe a 10, 15 minute uh, mindful walk. That's it. Wherever it is, again, it can be inside of your home. It doesn't matter where it is. You can walk mindfully 10 to 15 minutes and just walk mindfully. Be mindful of the lifting swinging and placing down of each step individually. And as you walk, just try to pair up your in-breath with each with each step, lifting, swinging, and placing down, and then out-breath, lifting, swinging, and placing down. So you have sort of some sort of natural rhythm between your breath and your steps. That'll feel a little bit awkward at first, but as you go, you'll, you'll get the hang of it. Uh, and it works out better that way. Uh, so, but you can pick whatever you want. I mean, if, if you wash the dishes every day, you could pick the dishes, uh, whatever it is that you do, you could pick that simple activity. Again, something that is just 10 to 15 minutes, really short, nothing special, uh, just an extra couple of minutes. And this will really serve to help you emphasize your practice and bring mindfulness into the rest of your life. Okay. So notice how these are not just moments in which you're practicing, These are also effective tools that are bringing mindfulness into more of your life on top of just that moment in which you're practicing. Okay, so there's really a lot of synergy between these various different keys. Number five, 
This is absolutely one of the most important points. And now is when we're going to get into a little bit more of uh, not the individual uh, efforts, but more of the important principles to, to be done. But this is so, so important. So number six, prioritize mindfulness. Now, that's how I refer to it as, uh, but that might not be very clear to everyone. What I really mean here, really what I mean when it gets down to it, is to treat it like anything else that's important in your life. So look at something that's really important in your life, even if you don't necessarily want it to be important, like paying your bills or something. Notice how you treat that. Would you pass that up for something else? Would you forget to do that over something else? And how do you keep yourself from forgetting to do that? You know, if something is important enough, you will remember to do it. You will remember to get it done. That's what I mean. You need to prioritize mindfulness like something else that's just as important in your life. And this isn't anything crazy, crazy intense. This is just making sure that you decide in your mind that mindfulness is actually important. Not just saying it, actually looking at, hey, look, these other things that are important in my life, how do I treat these things? Okay, well, I need to act in the same way. Okay, so important, a simple point, not much else that needs to be said about that or can be said, but absolutely one of the most important points that I'm going to mention. And number six, let go of expectations. This is also an incredibly, incredibly important one. You really need to go easy on yourself and be patient in mindfulness practice. It can be very easy, and I did this myself at the beginning of my practice, so I I totally know what it's like. Um, but when you begin to do anything, uh, especially if you're making an effort, and we all do this, even if it's not necessarily the way that you should approach your practice after a while, in the beginning we always come to mindfulness practice wanting to get something out of it. You know, that's just the reality of it. That's that's what we we all do. That everybody has ever, everyone has has done that throughout the course of history. Everyone, nobody ever comes to the practice not wanting something out of it. Even though it's not the way to look, the right way to look at the practice. After a while, you realize that you adjust the way that you see it. You see things, but we we always come to the practice for that reason. And because of that, because of that, we begin to develop expectations. We begin to think or decide in our minds that I should be at a certain level by this certain time. And so the problem arises when we don't, when that doesn't happen, when that expectation is not fulfilled. And when that happens, we begin to beat ourselves up. We begin to feel down. Our motivation and our encouragement to practice begins to waver. And that's one of the most difficult things to deal with because when you don't have that motivation, you can't even get yourself up to do anything. Okay, so it's very important at the beginning of your practice or wherever you are in your practice, you can do this wherever you're at, however long you've practiced, uh, whether you've noticed yourself do this before or not, you can do this at any point. Just let go of the expectations. Stop expecting to get to a certain point by a certain time. And just let the practice unfold as it will. I mentioned this earlier. Your mindfulness practice will just develop on its own. You can dedicate yourself to your practice, and that's absolutely important. It's so important. And it will absolutely help versus somebody that doesn't. 
Okay? I'm not saying that that's not going to help, but I am trying to say that you're not necessarily going to speed up your process. You're just going to make yourself effective. You have to develop, you have to, to dedicate yourself to your practice. Again, just prioritize it. Treat it as something that that uh, is important, just like anything else important in your life. So go easy on yourself. Know that things will develop on their own. No matter how long it takes to really get to a point where you start to develop some sort of noticeable, you know, quote-unquote results, uh, just know that everything is exactly as it's supposed to be. Okay, as long as you're making your best effort, then that's exactly how things were meant to unfold. Okay, and it's nothing on you. You can't, you know, uh, some people have said you can't fail at meditation, and that's absolutely true. You can't fail at mindfulness practice and making mindfulness a way of life. It's just not possible. It just doesn't happen. You just make your best effort, and you just, you just go. And you just do the practice, and it develops. Okay, so number seven, last point. Uh, another incredibly important one, and this is find or grow a community. For the most part, for most people, I'm talking about finding a community. Now, this can be either simple or complex. There's really lots of ways that this can manifest. What do I mean, first of all, when I say a community? In in Buddhism, in Buddhist practice, this is the Sangha. It's considered one of the three jewels. Uh, this is one of the sort of key principles that, that all Buddhists, uh, it's called taking, take refuge in. They take refuge in these three, three jewels, these three key principles. The Sangha is, there's really two aspects to it. It's the community of practitioners with regards to monasticism and, you know, monasteries uh, and that sort of thing, and actual monks and nuns, that is the community of monks and nuns. Uh, in a larger scale, that is the, the community of practice. If you go to a meditation center, or you meet you know, weekly or bi-weekly or monthly or whatever with just a group of people, wherever it is, somebody's home or some sort of community center or whatever, there's a lot of different groups and stuff for different, different things, uh, whether it's a secular practice or some sort of uh, school of, uh, of Buddhism. Um, there's different ways, again, that that can, that that can manifest, uh, different types of, types of groups. Um, but that is the, the Sangha in the sort of physical sense and in a larger, a larger, uh, sense, the, the Sangha is, is the entire community, all sentient beings as it's referred to, uh, in Buddhism, which includes not just people and animals, but even all the way down to nature itself, to the rocks and the trees. Uh, so really what we're talking about here is a community of practitioners, a community of people who practice mindfulness with you, a community of people who are working to make mindfulness a, a way of life just like you. Really, it's a community of people making the same effort as you. That's the general idea. And this really works for anything. In business, they have what's called mastermind groups. And these are known to be very effective because people get together that are all building some sort of a business. And they're one of the most effective things that you can do in building a business because you get together with like-minded people who are making the same effort. And it's the same sort of thing. This community is that same sort of principle. This has been used since potentially even before the time of the Buddha, but at least since the time of the Buddha, over 25, 20, 25, 2600 years ago, uh, 
when he built his community of practitioners and his disciples uh, were the first sort of physical sangha and uh, his monks and nuns were all making the same effort to practice, to make mindfulness a way of life, to uh, reach that state of enlightenment. So when we're talking about actually making this a reality in your life, of course, you might not necessarily want to be a monk or a nun. We have our various different things going on. And as much as you know, everyday life can be really tough, we enjoy this sort of type of life, or this is just the type of life that we live. Um, and I'd like to make sure to mention something very important here, uh, that if your life is tough and you're kind of considering doing that, that to be very mindful that you're not considering sort of stepping away from your life because you think you're going to get away from your difficulties. Okay? Don't ever think about doing that. There's this thing uh, that kind of occurred when when a, a Zen sort of first hit the West. A lot of Westerners wanted to move to Japan to to study at an authentic Zen monastery. And the idea was that you know if they don't go to Japan, they won't get real Zen. You know, they won't get real Zen training. And of course, that's totally false. And they're just essentially running from their lives and they think something special is going to happen. Like there's some special magic there, but there isn't. Okay. And so uh, know that when I say find or grow a community, I don't mean anything crazy. I don't mean anything crazy special. You don't have to move somewhere. You don't have to join a monastery, become a monk or a nun. You can just find a couple of people. This could be even a couple of friends that want to do it with you where you get together once every week or once every month even, and you just have a mindful adventure or a mindful day. I like to call it a mindful adventure. Uh, it's just, it's a simple, it could be a couple of hours. You think of somewhere really cool to go. For me, the favorite the favorite for me is to, to go into nature. That, I think, is the most effective version of a mindful adventure. You, you make a plan to go to like, like a national park or something cool like that. You go with a couple of friends, and you make the intention that from the moment, from the moment you all step into the car, that you are mindful from every, for every moment from that point until the point in which you, I don't know, you step outside the park or you step outside the car back at your home or whatever that point, the beginning and end point is, you make the intention to... Be fully present for every moment on that mindful adventure. That's the intention. It's a mindful adventure. And so that's an example of a really simple form of a community. That's totally a community. That's absolutely that. That helps having that versus not having that is a huge difference. Really having a community can be huge. This can be the single most important point. It can be. Um, And this can be something more elaborate. Uh, I can give, uh, I'll, I'll put a couple of links in the show notes uh, to a few resources where you guys can potentially find communities in very, depending on the various different traditions that you guys are interested in uh, or secular uh, meditation centers. There's all kinds of different things, uh, especially all throughout the U.S. Uh, as well as the U.K. too, depending on where you're listening, though, there's there's different things in different countries. Uh, but I'll have, I'll put the resources down that that I have personally on the show notes you guys can do, so you can do a little bit of searching, uh, and if there's any, if there's nothing in your particular area, maybe it'll give you a little inspiration or a little bit of uh, an idea as to where you can start to look for something in your area as well. So, again, this doesn't have to be anything crazy, uh, but you can look for a meditation center. 
or look for a nearby monastery that you can, you know, you can sit at once a week or something like that. Or you can, uh, you know, you can just give a little bit of time in to helping, you know, helping maintain the monastery and spend time with some of the monks and the nuns or, or just, you know, visit the meditation center once a week or something like that for a short class or a short meditation session. There's so many different things that you can do that the point is to just at least begin to do something simple. Something very simple where you get together with other people who are making the effort to make mindfulness a way of life, to live more mindfully. That's the general idea. And again, that can manifest in so many different different ways, but it's very important. Now, two really quick optional things I wanted to mention at the end here before we close out. These can really be helpful. Uh, these aren't necessary, but I think that they, they can really help a lot of people. The first is, it has to do with sort of a misconception about mindfulness, but a misconception because it's very effective when paired with mindfulness practice, and that's to slow it down. Just slow, slow things down in a general sense. If you find yourself, as I mentioned earlier, sort of power walking everywhere that you go habitually because you are panicked, because you're anxious, then perhaps making your best effort to just slow it down and to just walk everywhere you go at a normal pace and to just pay attention throughout the day, that can have a real beneficial effect. So just to slow it down in a general sense. And again, I want to make sure to mention that it's a general misconception. You don't have to slow down or do something slowly to do it in mindfulness. But the pairing of mindfulness and taking your time on something, doing it slowly, can help you become more fully present to that situation, to that effort that you're making, to whatever that activity is that you're doing, especially in the beginning when you're developing your practice. And so this can be a very, very effective sort of addition. Uh, More than anything, this is just something sort of to be aware of as you go through your day. And I'd suggest this is something that, that people that people make use of in a general sense, that everybody makes use of. Um, but I put it optional here mostly because it's not necessarily something that everybody has to to do. There are some people who don't necessarily rush around, they don't they're not particularly panicked, uh, they don't necessarily live mindfully, but they don't really rush around and they don't have any particular need to slow themselves down any more than they already are or do live. So that's the main reason why I put it as something optional here. Uh, Secondly, write down the few important things that you have to do in a given moment. Uh, Or every day you could just make it uh, just to make it a daily habit to write down those few important things uh, so that you don't bog your mind down. What I found at certain points was that I would have a couple of things that I was worried about. I had a, there was a couple of responsibilities that I had to take care of, and they were things that either I had to take care of later that day, or later that week, or later that month, or just certain things that were coming or happening, and I was just sort of cycling them through my mind constantly. And because of that, I was never really giving my mind a break. And when it came time to be mindful, I actually found myself resisting because I didn't want to let those things go. Well, I found out a really effective 
strategy for that is to just write down those few important things that are rolling through your mind. Just write them down with as much detail. Usually it just takes a sentence or two for each point, and usually it's just two or three things that are in our mind. But as soon as you write those things down, you feel a burden lift off of your shoulders. Because the main reason we cycle them through our minds is because we know they're important. We know we have to take care of them and we don't want to forget them and we want to make sure to take care of the problem. When we write them down, we see that they're there. We no longer feel the responsibility to keep them cycling through our minds, to keep them at that that top level, that surface level of our consciousness. And so that is, again, and it's optional if you don't find that this is a problem for you in particular. Uh, then you don't have to worry about it. But if you do, this is super effective. It's something that I suggest. It's really easy to do. And it also pairs really well with the, uh, the, the Chrome, the Google Chrome internet browser extension that I mentioned earlier too. Uh, so you could consider pairing it along with that too. So uh, if you guys want a suggestion for a simple to-do list, uh, I use Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O.com. So you can just go to Trello.com. It's like the the interface on it is super, super simple. Uh, Nothing super fancy. uh, And it makes it really easy to do this exact exercise on a daily basis. So that's what I suggest. If you guys don't have anything else, uh, you can use a simple notepad on your phone or something as well too. So those are the seven key points. Uh, You can call them the seven steps, if you will, uh, as well as the two optional points as well that could be very effective if those are particular things that you deal with. And what I have found in my practice, and again, these are the things that I've discovered through my practicing and experimenting, that these are really the key uh, strategies. The key strategies are key efforts in working to make mindfulness a way of life, to live a more mindful life. These are the main things. When you really look at it, it's pretty simple. You sit in meditation a couple times a day. When you begin, when you start your practice, you just pick a couple simple activities. You don't go crazy. Don't try to live your entire life mindfully. Just just pick a couple simple activities. And then also try to schedule an extra moment of mindfulness or two throughout your day. And your sitting meditation practice could be included within that as well. But I suggest picking something else like walking for 10 to 15 minutes mindfully outside or inside uh, in a given day. Something simple. Then set up reminders. Set a regular reminder up in your phone. Maybe use the Chrome browser extension if you work online or on a computer. Uh, Or you set up some sort of other simple reminder like a poster on your restroom wall or a bracelet. Okay? And then you prioritize mindfulness. You treat it as you would anything else important in your life. And you actually make sure to place some sort of level of of focus on it. Then you let go of expectations. You know what you want out of your mindfulness practice. Uh, And by the way, it's also good to work to let go of these expectations because to have an effective practice, a nourishing practice, you have to do that in general, not just to make mindfulness a way of life. But let go of expectations. Go easy on yourself. Just know things will develop as they will. You have no control over that. Let that go and just give yourself to your practice as best as you can. And then to find some sort of semblance of a community. Again, a couple of friends that go off for a mindful adventure once a month, once a week or something like that. A community, a meditation center you go to to meditate at once a week. A local monastery you can give some time to 
once every couple of weeks or once every month, whatever that is, just some sort of semblance of a community, a group of people making the same effort as you to live a more mindful life. So really simple steps, put it all together. There's a lot of synergy between the, between the points and they're all very effective individually. I promise you, if you put all seven of these key points together, this will help incredibly in making mindfulness a way of life. As I mentioned, it's a difficult effort. It takes a lot, a lot of, I, I hesitate to say a lot of work because it's sort of just an effort that you make in every moment. It doesn't feel like you're adding a job onto your life. It just, it's more of just that it's a difficult thing to do because we have so much going on in our daily lives and you're trying to change the way that you operate in every moment. So it doesn't feel like you're adding work onto your life, but it's a difficult effort. And that's a difficult thing to explain. But if you put these seven key points together, then you will really have, in my opinion, the best chances of making mindfulness a way of life and to live a more mindful life. Again, even if that's just 5% more mindful, 10% more mindful, that will absolutely transform your life altogether. Complete transformation. So I hope you enjoyed these seven points as well as the optional points and that you're able to implement some of them or maybe even all of them to help you live a more mindful life. There's so many different benefits to doing that. Uh, that could be a whole week of podcast episodes, an episode a day <laughs> that I could get into. Uh, there's so many different reasons why that's that's beneficial. So this is definitely an effort that is is worth your time. This is something that will affect the rest of your life in a significant, in a very, very significant way. Okay, I hope you enjoyed how to make mindfulness a way of life and the, the seven key points that I covered. There was a lot of information in there, but the the key points, they're really simple. They're pretty straightforward. And uh, again, as I mentioned, it, they have a lot of synergy between them. So as you begin to put a couple of them uh, in place at a time, you'll see a really big a really big difference in your effort to live a more mindful life. And one thing I forgot to mention is you can really just pick two or three of these things at a time and implement those. And then after a week, go back and implement a couple more of the points. Uh, but make sure to mention, but I want to make sure to mention to start with number five, prioritize mindfulness. If you start with prioritizing mindfulness uh, and then you add a couple of points at a time, that can be effective too. If you feel like Implementing all seven at a time is a little bit overwhelming, uh, but the points are very simple. If you want to do that, you can absolutely apply all seven points at once or really begin to over a couple week period. There's really no reason why you can't do that. So again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like to get more information, uh, check out more uh, podcast episodes depending on where, where you're uh, viewing or listening to this podcast. Uh, check out the blog or the various different uh, resources that I have uh, or pick up uh, the little book of mindfulness, which is it's a 130 page uh, ebook that I offer completely for free for signing up to the uh, Budaimonia newsletter. Uh, and you can check all of that out at Budaimonia.com. That's Buddha. And then the letters I-M-O-N-I-A.com. Uh, I have that in the, in the show notes, in the description uh, for you guys. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of cool things to check out there. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, if you guys enjoyed this episode, or haven't been enjoying the podcast in general, then 
If you could take a second to leave a review or rate the podcast, uh, let me know what you guys think. Either way, uh, I'm reading each one of the the reviews and the comments I get on the podcast pages and the blog as well. I appreciate all the positive words that I've gotten so far. The podcast just started this month. Uh, this is actually the uh, what are we on the the sixth episode? I believe this is. Uh, now I forgot. Uh, but it's been really great so far. The podcast is growing really quickly. So thank you to everybody who supported the podcast. Um, and if you guys would like to support buraimonia.com, the podcast at all, uh, you guys can go to buraimonia.com slash donate, and you guys can become a supporting member for a, a monthly amount, or you can give a one-time uh, single uh, single donation as well. So again, thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast, for listening. I hope you took a lot from this episode. Uh, These were absolutely my best tips for making mindfulness a way of life, which is such an important effort. As I mentioned earlier, this will have a completely transformational effect on your life. It has for me, so I know that personally. Uh, If you need any help, feel free to contact me. Just go to buddhaimonia.com slash contact. I'm always willing to help. I make myself available. I answer every email in detail. And uh, I'm here for you. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you next week. Peace.